0: Good afternoon. Paige Browning here from the KUOW Newsroom in Seattle with a roundup of today's top stories. It's Wednesday, December 6th. We start with a ransom story. Hundreds of people who've been patients at Seattle's Fred Hutchinson Cancer Center and the University of Washington have received threatening emails from hackers demanding money. That's according to Fred Hutch, which says it's heard from approximately 300 patients who have received similar emails.
1: Kate Walters has the story. Hackers broke into the computer networks at Fred Hutch last month, potentially exposing patients' personal information. The systems targeted in the attack also housed some UW patient data. Nick Quinlan is a UW Medicine patient. He says hackers emailed him to say his data had been exposed. I was disappointed
0: to think that my patient records were online, I conflicted on whether I wanted to look into it, pay money to get the records offline, if that would even do anything.
1: The emailers claim personal data, including medical and insurance history and social security numbers, has been compromised for hundreds of thousands of patients. They direct recipients to pay $50 to prevent their information from being sold. Quinlan says the email he got provided his name, address and patient record number as proof that his records had been hacked. A Fred Hutch spokesperson says federal law enforcement has been notified and a forensic security firm is investigating. The spokesperson says they're sorry patients are receiving threatening messages. They're advising them not to pay any ransom and instead delete the messages, block the sender and consider reporting the email as spam. They're also advising patients to contact the FBI's Internet Crime Complaint Centre at ic3.gov and to monitor their credit reports and bank statements in case of fraud. Kate Walters, KUOW News.
0: The rain has eased a little. Whew. I watched a neighbor drain their gutter today during a dry spell, a river rushing down their siding. But problems are not over in the region. In Skagit County, there's still a lot of standing water. Parts of Cedar Woolly are flooded by the Skagit River. And fields in Arlington look like swimming pools because of the still Guamish flooding. The Red Cross has opened a shelter in Hamilton off Highway 20 for people to escape the floodwaters. Staffer Carol Jansen says at least 17 RVs were at the church parking lot today. The shelter is open inside also. It's just in Hamilton, we don't see very many clients usually inside because they all come with their RVs. Jansen says in Hamilton, people just know to go to the church when the river rises. The majority of the people in Hamilton that come to the church have done it year after year whenever it floods. Forecasters say heavy rain and likely more flooding could return this weekend. In court today, attorneys for the three Tacoma police officers charged with killing Manny Ellis rested their case. The jury only heard from two of the three officers charged. Officer Christopher Burbank told the judge he did not want to testify.
1: Do you understand what the circumstances and what the consequences would be of, of your potentially failing to testify? How do you, Your Honor? Um, And compared it with your actually testifying? Yes,
0: Your Honor. Officer Matthew Collins and Officer Timothy Rankin did take the stand this week. This morning, Rankin testified about why it was a risk to take Ellis out of hogtie restraints while waiting for paramedics.
1: He could fall. He could. Once you take him out of handcuffs, I've had multiple people just start fighting.
0: A paramedic has testified that Ellis was barely breathing on his arrival. Pierce County's former medical examiner testified he thinks the restraint by police cut off Ellis' supply for so long that he was brain-dead by that point. Closing arguments are expected Monday. As of today, gay men in the Pacific Northwest have more freedom to donate blood than they've had since 1985. This year, the FDA changed its restrictions that had come out of the HIV-AIDS crisis. And Bloodworks Northwest is implementing these modernized rules today. The old rules made it challenging for gay and bisexual men to donate blood, requiring lengthy wait periods. Now, all donors, no matter their sexual orientation, will follow the same policies. Tonight's the public meeting over Denny Blaine Park in Seattle. We've told you about this one. A playground is being proposed right there at the site of a nude beach that's long been popular with queer and trans folks. An anonymous donor pitched the playground idea to the city, and this anonymous person, they offered to pay for it.
1: It feels as though the private donor behind this is possibly intentionally putting these two groups in conflict in order to drive people off the beach.
0: Sophie Amity Debs is trans and says Denny Blaine has been a rare place for her and her friends to bear their bodies without shame or stigma. A parks department spokesperson declined an interview request, but in a written statement said the city wants more shoreline access for kids and that there are no playgrounds within a 15 minute walk. Opponents of the playground are suggesting other nearby sites for a park. That meeting's at 530 at the MLK Fame Center. hundreds of people staying at a church in tequila and camping outside of it could find relief in a hotel soon king county has hired a service provider to open 100 rooms for them the people at riverton park united methodist church are migrants seeking asylum from venezuela angola and congo The County Council has approved $3 million for the project, and service providers will prioritize families with small children or those who are pregnant. Tequila declared an emergency in October due to the needs of the migrants. As we end the year, it's becoming clearer how much Washington has emerged as a welcoming state for folks seeking abortion services. The number of abortions conducted in Washington is at its highest level in a decade, according to the Seattle Times. 20,000 were performed in Washington in 2022 the year the U.S Supreme Court overturned Roe v Wade. It's a 23 percent increase compared to the year before. Part of the increase is people coming from other states where abortions are banned like Idaho and Texas. We all love the arts on this show. you too, Well, the county is loving a new tax for arts. The King County Council has approved what's called the Doors Open Levy. Mike Davis has the details.
1: The Doors Open Levy will provide nearly $800 million in funding over seven years to support arts education programs as well as science and culture-focused organizations. King County Council member Claudia Balducci says the timing for the levy was critical. Our cultural sector, which we know is a big percentage of, of economic activity, has been struggling to come out of the pandemic. These funds will also create jobs in the creative economy, but Balducci notes the potential positive impacts on residents themselves. Study after study has shown a link between cultural and arts education and outcomes for young people in school for an outcomes for seniors uh, who are trying to maintain a quality of life. King County Arts Org for culture will begin distributing doors open grants in 2024. Mike Davis, KUOW News.
0: The final carbon auction of 2023 was held by Washington State today, where big emitters bid for the right to pollute. The auctions held so far this year have raised more than $1 billion. And here are some rain totals from the week for my weather geeks out there. This is what's fallen since Monday. 3.75 3.75 inches at SeaTac Airport, 4.6 inches in Olympia, and more than 5.9 in Gold Bar in flooded Snohomish County. Sorry, skiers. I know this is not great for you. And that's a wrap from the KUOW newsroom in Seattle. Our producer is Andy Hurst, and I'm Paige Browning. We'll be back tomorrow with another news roundup. See ya.